I'm Coach Tony Miller, and you're listening to a Quick Timeout Podcast. We have conversations with basketball coaches from around the country focused on specific topics designed simply to help grow the game. Thanks for downloading and listening to a Quick Timeout Podcast. In the spirit of sharing the game, if you know another coach who might enjoy our podcast, be sure to pass along an episode or two to a friend. Today's episode would be a great option because we are honored to be joined by two-time national champion, basketball Hall of Famer, and former Notre Dame Fighting Irish women's basketball coach, Coach Muffet McGurl. Coach, thanks for coming on. You bet, Tony. Happy to be here. I thought yesterday we were going to have something similar to the ending of your national championship game <laughs> back in 2018. Uh, were you having like any flashbacks as you were watching things? Well, you know, it was Easter Sunday, and that was the day that we played. So I, I tweeted that it was the best Easter basket ever when Enrique Ogumawali put that basket in. And just, I love reliving that. And it's fun because it's on quite a bit during the tournament. You know, we get to see it. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been great. You probably had a couple flashbacks. We were talking beforehand as well on Saturday night when Jalen Suggs got them to the title game. People may have forgotten this, but you had similar scenario. The same girl, Arika hit hit that. I don't know if you could say a bigger shot, but like two games back to back that that happened in. Like that doesn't usually happen. That never. Ha- I mean, you no. hope you have it once in your career. You right. dream about it as a kid, right? And then it happens against UConn, who was the team everybody thought would win it. And that was, you know, adrenaline and, you know, didn't sleep probably for two days. And then you have to come back and do it again. What a weekend. I don't think that's ever happened in sports. And on the cover of Sports Illustrated, it said ice twice. And that was just such a great cover because nobody does that in a weekend. It was amazing. That's what I kind of want to talk about today is just that playing in a weekend that's so emotionally packed. And then if you win, you have to do it again right away. And nine times in your career. You prepared the teams for that final weekend of play in the NCAA tournament. In those instances, I know you have typically a game maybe on like a Sunday or a Saturday. You had about five days to prepare for the final yeah, four. I've actually, I think we were Saturday, Monday, the, the year we went to Columbus. But yeah, yeah so, so you end on Monday and then you, you are going to play that Friday. How do you balance the pressure of, of winning or even preparing for that final four game and then the additional possibility of preparing for an opponent that you don't know who it is? You know, there's a couple things that go into that. And first, I I never look ahead, but I want my assistants to look ahead. (laughs) So, Mm. you know, they're already working and they're doing the scouting for the next opponent, you know, in advance of the game that we're about to play, Um, certainly without telling the team anything about that, because we don't want them ever looking ahead. Um, But, you know, you're, you're kind of going on adrenaline. And I think so much of it is about the expectations. So when you're a number one seed, you're obviously expected to get to the final four, but sometimes you're the fourth number one seed, which we have been quite a few times. And so I think when you get to that point, the expectation versus reality, you're kind of like playing with house money and you're mm-hmm. feeling a little more relaxed going in and you're saying, oh, we're playing Connecticut. They're the number one overall seed. We're not supposed to win. We're wearing blue, not white, you know, so we're the underdog and, you know, how do you be an underdog as a number one seed? But, you, you know, I always like to play that up. And just say, hey, we can just relax and enjoy it. You know, we're not we're not the team everybody's picking to win. So I think that happens throughout the year, though. The stress, you know, that that part between expectation and reality, and when you're not meeting it, you have all the stress in the middle. So I, I think it's great to kind of be able to breathe when you finally make it to the final four. And I think that's that's really one of the toughest games that regional final to get to the final four. You know, once you get over that hurdle, um, you you really can kind of change your mindset. And now 
you hope that you've been prepared by all the different teams you've been playing mm -hmm. and you've seen some of this stuff before, but now you're playing the best of the best. Most teams have WNBA players that are, you know, going to go on. So there's a, just so much talent at that level. Um, but by then it's, you know, how much more are they going to listen to me at that point in the season, right? Now, I mean, here's the scouting report. You know what you have to do. Let's, let's go out and do it. Yeah, so when you go from you do win that first game and now you're playing in the title game, how much talking about or even scouting, what what's that day in between look like? That's really difficult. I think that was tough, especially the last couple of times we were in, we played the second game and we didn't end the game until midnight. You know, by the time you get back to the hotel and unwind, I mean, you just you just don't have any time. And then you have all the media obligations the next day. You're having to walk through. You're nervous because we only played six people. So you just certainly don't want to have a full practice. So we're having basically a walkthrough, watching a lot of film, talking about this is what we're going to do. Um, but it, it, you know, the thing you worry about is getting them off their feet. You know, you just you don't want them to get too tired. And especially when you beat a team like Connecticut, that's so good. You're you, you almost feel like that should have been the championship game because we're on this big high. And then we, you know, we come down a little bit and, you know, I, I think a lot of times when we did beat them in the semifinal, it was really hard to, to play the next game. You just kind of get exhausted mentally. Mm -hmm. So we, we came into the Mississippi state game and really had to kind of talk them through little mental imagery about, Hey, like we're not done yet. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. we have one more game to go and, and we really played poorly, but, um, you know, I think they've found enough in them to win. Both teams probably similar. You know, both teams only have that one day in between. But playing that late game, boy, that, that just, you know, you're up all night. And you really need to sleep. Then the championship day, can you kind of walk through what that looks like? Because every, the rest of us are just kind of like waiting for the game to start and we're excited yeah. or whatever. But you have a – the games don't start until – well, the, the ladies' game, I guess, is a little bit earlier. But men's games, 9 o'clock at night. Like, that's yeah. a that's a long time to keep emotions under. It is to do whatever else you need to do. Like what, what did the day look like leading up to that? I hate the nine o'clock tips. So I'm, I'm glad I'm always like, can we play at noon? Let's right. get up and play. <laughs> I'd love to do that. People complain about that during the tournament. I have an 11 o'clock game. I'm like, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, so it's a really long day. Um, I stay by myself. I don't, I don't talk to anybody. I stay off of uh, social media completely. I never go on there anyway, but um, game day in particular, I don't even turn my phone on. And then, you know, you go to your shoot around and I'm trying to help my team relax and I'm like so dead. So I'm like, just stay away from me. You guys have fun, you know, enjoy it. And then, you know, let's get done what we got to get done. Be efficient in the shoot around and then get them back and, the, you know, just kind of rest in the afternoon, go to the pregame meal. And, you know, it's not six o'clock. It's not too bad. It's not too long of a day. But really, for me, I mean, you know, you're up early and you're just thinking the whole day you're looking at your watch, hoping that six o'clock comes soon. Did that change any for you? You were in a lot of final fours and a lot of championship games. Where was it the same all along? You know, what's funny. I, I get nervous before every game and I'm a wreck before every game and everybody knows it and they stay away from me. And I remember <laughs> talking to a, a, a men's coach, Homer Drew, in fact, at Valparaiso. And I said, do you ever not get nervous? And he said, well, if you ever don't get nervous, maybe you should quit because it's kind of good to be a little nervous and, you know, to be ready. So I was always ready then, I guess, because I was always nervous. <laughs> Were you a big like pregame talk person? No. Did you think a lot about it or just? I didn't. I didn't. I, I, I really, I, I said, here's the keys to the game. I never talked about winning. That was one thing I did early in my career. You know, this is what we got to do to win and we're going to win and we're going to win. And, you know, like you have no control over that. So I learned that control the things you can control. You know, we're going to talk about our rebounding and defense, you know, shots. We, you can't control whether it goes in the basket or not. So you know, I kind of flipped over and I never talked about winning just like, 
here's what we have to do um, in order to, to stop this team from scoring or here's what we have to do in order to score. And I, I think that I have, I had no like new Rockney speech, you know, I know you're supposed to at Notre Dame, but <laughs> you know, it's like, if you're not motivated for the national championship, I'm not going to be able to help you. Support for a quick timeout podcast is brought to you by our friends at Dr. Dish basketball college and professional teams from around the country rely on Dr. Dish shooting machines to help improve their players development. Whether it's in the gym or at home in your driveway, Dr. Dish will improve your basketball workouts. To find out more about how Dr. Dish can help your program, visit drdishbasketball.com. Coach, really quickly, let me tell you about a brand new app called Wildcard. It's a social engagement platform specifically designed for youth sports teams. You, your players, their parents, people are going to love this thing. The app allows you to create virtual training programs, manage schedules, give player and game reports, and post player videos and highlights. I've checked out the platform, and I highly recommend you give Wildcard a look. Especially in this climate, with a lot of us having limited or even no contact with our players, Wildcard allows you to stay connected and build culture with your players through the use of technology. Right now, there's a special promotion for a quick timeout listeners. You can download and use the app for free, but you must do so within the first two weeks of the release of this episode. So check the link in the show notes to download and start using Wildcard with your team today. You're going to love it. Several times you played in the, that final game, teams that you were already familiar with. Was there, once the games got going, was there much tinkering with, with even like strategy or was it by like that point of the year, you played 36, 37 games, you were who you were and they were who yeah. they were? You know, after the season, after the ACC tournament, we always put new wrinkles in. So we, we'd do some new things for the entire NCAA tournament. And, you know, we'd look at the early games as a way to practice it. And you'd always have something in the bag for later, some kind of 1-3-1 one, one or a trap or, you know, something that you could pull out. And so, you know, we did those kind of things early on because we had that week off in between. You know, we, yeah. we finished our tournament. The, the uh, selection Monday was like another whole week away. Mm -hmm. So we had some time to do that, get some rest and put some new things in. But when we played particularly Connecticut, I mean, we, we had two years in the Big East. We played them four times, you know, played them twice during the season, played them in the Big East tournament. And then we met them again in the usually in the final four. And that's, that's tough, you know, when you, and that happened to be the time we have to beat them three times during the year and then lost in the final. So I liked playing them in the semifinal. They never beat us in the semifinal. Mm. So that was what I was always hoping for the bracket. Can you remember something that you did that was a wrinkle? You know, a lot of times we'll just do like different ways to guard the ball screen. You know, we'll, we'll look at defensively, something like that. Cause we, we generally played a lot of zone. Sometimes we trap out of it, you know, so we put in a couple of traps on the wing um, you know, things, things like that. Offensively, we, we put in just a couple of new sets. We ran the Princeton offense and I love that. So it's, you know, it's just great spacing, open floor, you know, and we had opportunities to post up different players. So we, we took a couple of things that happened during the year. We thought, oh, we, you know, we should look at something like that. And then we just mix up one or two things uh, that we like to do just as like a decoy, because obviously, like you said, you've been, you've been playing it all year long. Everybody knows what you're doing. But the thing is, they got to stop you. You know, people get a little overcoaching, I think, at that time, too. Like, everybody knows what we're going to do. Well, we're in the Final Four. They haven't stopped it yet. So right. I think we're doing okay. When you have good players, of course, it's a little bit easier. Okay, now I want to go back and, and talk about that final play in the 2018 National Championship. Am I correct in assuming that the sidelines out-of-bounds play that you guys was something that you had practiced all year? Yeah, we had, that was the play that was already in, and we worked on it quite a bit. But the interesting thing about that was we were trying to go to Jessica Shepard, 
Because mm -hmm. if you remember, the 6-7 McGowan had just fouled out for Mississippi State. Mm -hmm. And our center, Jessica Shepard, was 8 for 10 on the day. So we were like, we're going to get a layup. Because they had a foul to give, I thought if we inbound anywhere but right at the rim, you know, if they foul us, the game's over. So we're, we're going to go right to the rim. So we have, it's just a simple box play. Um, and, you know, really we're throwing it straight into the block. Mm -hmm. But at the top, we had our, our four was going to screen for Arike, and she was like the kind of this plan B, second option. Mm -hmm. um, so she came off the screen. Jess was doubled by the inbounder. The inbounder suddenly left the ball and went and fronted, so we had no option there. So, of course, we went to the second option, and that was turned out to be a pretty good option. So I'm going to go back just a few seconds because people may not recall this, but like that last minute and especially those tw last 20 seconds were almost chaos. Um, yeah. And, and I want to ask this because people were asking it after the, the game on Saturday night. They might not recall, but I believe Mississippi State scored and tied the game. And then you all brought the ball down the floor and played out of it. Yep. And it result, there was, the result was actually a turnover. But we my turned over. Mm -hmm. But go before the turnover, you didn't call a timeout. And that's no. the thing that everybody's talking about. And so I'm, I'm assuming that you're not you're a let-them-play coach, or is it based off of – who you have on the court, and with that group, you just yeah. let them play. I mean, we, we had a veteran team. You know, we, we had just five, and we only played six, like I said. So they, they knew exactly what we were doing. So we called the play. We were, again, going into Jess Shepard. That was the play. Um, you know, we'd run it plenty of times. It wasn't any kind of last-minute play. So we came down, and our point guard, who happened to have seven turnovers in the game, turned it over for the seventh time, trying to feed the post, uh, and, and Jess had a layup too. She had great position. All she needed was a simple bounce pass in. And, you know, she threw the over the top that was deflected and, you know, went to half court. There was kind of a skirmish and we, you know, we, we somehow got the ball back and, and we would have had a layup, but they fouled us, which was, I thought a really smart play, but it was McGowan's fifth foul. So she was out of the game, but yeah, that was, um, that was just really, really interesting. But the funny thing about my point guard having seven turnovers because we didn't have a backup point guard. She knew she was going to be in the game, so she could turn it over as much as she wanted. <laughs> and and sometimes I think back because she hit a huge three, sure. like two possessions earlier. And if I had taken her out after the fifth turnover, she wouldn't have been in the game to make the three. Maybe sure. we don't win the game. So I think there's a, a interesting way to look back on that. If that game had turned out differently, would you have turned into a call a timeout coach? Yeah, you know, I, I second guess myself all the time as probably most people do women a little bit more than men uh you know and, and whenever things don't work out it's like oh why didn't I do that and mm -hmm. you know you have to go with your gut at the time because you know you're letting them set up too when and I, I think they were out of timeouts so you know we were kind of like we 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 need to get this going and you know there was a lot of time left so there's always a chance that you're going to need that timeout to advance the ball again if they score so you know a little bit of thinking about that too yeah. but yeah and I, I still think a veteran team I'm gonna let them go a younger team, I'm definitely going to take a timeout. After the game the other night, Mark Few said, when Jalen Suggs let it go, I knew it was going in because that's something that we had practiced. You, I went back and watched it last night. You were had a great view. You had knelt down right behind where the shot was taken. Did you feel the same way? Or were I did you not. Still and I felt like, was it five minutes from when it left her hand to when it went in? It, it was the longest second. It was the highest again. looking shot. Yeah. And you didn't even look up. You just kept looking straight ahead <laughs> until it finally came back down through. Yeah, um, what a moment. Great. God, yeah. what joy. I love seeing the team celebrate that. Women's game was just played. Men's game tonight has a similar scenario because of the fact that you have a, a coach who has been in a title game before 
And then you have a coach who's never been in a title coaching in a title game before. So for like coach for coach Barnes or for, in this case, coach Drew, is there a piece of advice that you would give for them and for them in dealing with their teams to prepare for tonight's game? You know, I think that one of the hardships of coaching is, you know, you can say what you want. You can think that you are giving them these words of wisdom, but then they're going to be in the locker room together and they're going to have kind of their own thoughts on the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as much as you can say, relax, you know, they're thinking, oh my God, like, you know, this is national stage and I want to go to the WNBA. And I think those kind of things are the things that really hurt your team. Like with Ari McDonald, you know, she had to be thinking she's playing so well during the tournament. And now like, you know, she knows like her future is riding on this game because the the NBA draft and the WNBA draft, people are watching them so closely and, and they feel the pressure of that. And I think she felt the pressure of that, but I thought, um, man, Adia Barnes, she's what a fabulous job she did. She looked so relaxed to me on the sideline. Mm-hmm. She never looked like she was losing her cool. She always had that, you know, she was fighting and it had intensity about her, but she never looked like she was going to translate anything to her team. And so I, I think, I think there was a lot more pressure on Tara and I think they played like there was pressure on them. I mean, they, they looked tight to me the whole game. To that point, how much of it is basketball as we would think of it being basketball versus motivation, managing expectations and emotions? You know, I, th- I think coaching really is, it's 90% psychology. I, I think there's, there's less and less X's and O's every year. I mean, it used to be all X's and O's. <laughs> That's all we did. Mm-hmm. And now it's all about psychology. You know, like, what do you say during the timeouts? How do you get them to relax? You know, they're, they're not shooting the ball well. How do you fix that? You know, what, what can you run to get them going? Can you get them to the free throw line? There's so many things going through your mind trying to help everybody individually because they all react differently to different things. So you have to have that one piece that you can, you know, kind of get one-on-one with them. And uh, and I mean, it's really tough because it really, it comes down to like, they got to make the plays, you know, you can call them, but they still have to make the plays. So it's, um, it's, it's a lot riding on them and, you know, for their age and and what they've been through, you you love the kids. Like Enrique is the kind of kid, like she lets things go. And that is something I learned from her. You got to let things go. And not worry, you were 0 for 10 in the first half. Don't worry about it. You're going to take the last shot. You know, the game on the line. I want the ball in your hands. So I think that some players just handle the moment better mm-hmm. and some don't. Mm-hmm. And you have to know as a coach because you don't want to be giving the ball to the one that's not going to handle the moment well. For tonight's game, what do you feel like between these two teams is going to happen? I hope it's a good game. I've, I've been disappointed with the women's final because the games were so ugly. You know, they just weren't really well-played games. And I, I don't know if it's just mental being tired from this whole year, but sometimes I liked when the other team had an easy game and mm. now they're getting a little overconfident and Gonzaga had to work every minute uh, in that UCLA game. So for them now, now they're I think they're a little more ready. I think it's tough being undefeated. When you're undefeated, we never went through the whole season that way, but we got into the 20s and, and you know, had 23 and 0 and your team gets a little tighter when the game gets close. Cause you're like, you know, we haven't lost yet this year. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's good to have those losses because it sort of prepares you for these big moments. I, I'm, I'm hoping Gonzaga wins. I I'd love to see them get, get one just because they're not in a power five conference, you know, kind of, kind of an underdog, even though there's a number one seed, but boy, Baylor's good. I mean, it's, hopefully it's going to be an entertaining game. Yeah. That's coach Muffet McGraw former women's basketball coach for the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Coach, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. You bet, Tony. Thank you. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again at the next time out.